to episode number one of the Group Leaders Podcast. My name is Jason Kane, and I'm here with the Group's Guru, Bo Johnson. Hey, Jason. What's, what's up, What's going man? on, man? Glad to see that you're here. We both lead groups here at Buckhead Church, and our goal is to stand beside and support you as a group leader as you create relational environments where people grow spiritually. We want to invest in you because we know when leaders lead well, groups excel. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you come up with that? On my own. On my way home. Get it, bro. Man, it's amazing what happens in Atlanta traffic when you turn your radio on. <laughs> hey, Bo, this podcast is designed to help leaders as they do all they can to lead successful groups. How would you define a successful group? It's a great question. Um, you know, I, I've been thinking about this idea. Almost every group experiences two things, and this probably resonates with you as a leader, that everybody has some form of connection in group, or almost mm-hmm. everybody. And everybody, almost all groups have some form of content. Sure. That there's something you learn, there's something you read, you talk about a sermon, you read the Bible, whatever it is. I would say that a successful group helps move the needle on those two things. They move the needle from connection to relationships. Sure. From Absolutely. connection, maybe you'd even use the word community. That there's a movement from we know each other and we know each other's names to we're being genuine, authentic, we trust each other. We want to be together, yeah. and we're going to talk about some things that help move the needle in that mm-hmm. direction today. And then the other thing that we want is we want to move from content to growth, that I'm not just learning things, but that I'm open to the way that God is growing me, that I'm changing, that I'm being transformed, my marriage is healthier, my relationships are better, whatever that looks like, the people are moving towards relationships, and they're moving towards growth. So we say, hey, great groups do this. They're defined by healthy relationships and spiritual growth. Sure. So very simply and plainly, that's what you would say. Healthy relationships that lead to spiritual growth. That's right. Yeah. About a year or so ago at our six Atlanta campuses, we conducted a survey with people who had been in groups uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the years just to find out what made a group successful. Mm -hmm. Uh, During that survey, we discovered three things that make a group successful. Would you share those with us? Sure. So this was super interesting to us. We surveyed about a thousand people mm-hmm. who had been in group, and then some of them chose to come back to group, and some didn't. Okay. And we said, "Well, what's the difference between those two groups and what they experienced?" I'm going to answer your question, but first, let me tell you what they didn't experience. Okay. Because we thought, "Hey, this will be great. We'll be able to answer the question we get most often from group leaders, which is, what content should I study?" That's right. They're always people are always wanting to know what should I study next, or they're wanting to know what do I do with a difficult group member. That's a different podcast. Yeah, episode. I'll tune in for that. One. So we thought, well, we'll just compare. What groups, what, what studies lead to the most, you know, relationally connected and growing groups? And you know what we found? What did we find? There was no common denominator. Really? Whether groups did Bible studies or book studies or video studies, if they did podcast studies, if they did well, the whole gamut mm-hmm. of different types of studies, there was no statistically st- significant difference in those groups. So the content didn't make people content. Ooh, we, we say it this way. It's the, <laughs> the material is almost immaterial. Okay, makes almost. sense. So whatever you study doesn't necessarily make a difference. You need group. to study something, okay. but the different types of studies didn't yield deeper groups, more satisfied groups, safer groups, whatever that was. So, But we did find three really, really interesting common denominators about these great groups. All right, tell us about the first one. All right, so the first common denominator of these groups is that they had fun together. Fun. They had fun. Okay. Makes sense. It does make sense, and, it, and it's surprising how basic that is, isn't mm-hmm. it? It doesn't it sound very spiritual. Not at all. But these I mean, groups, when I think fun, I don't think Jesus. Okay. But maybe I should. That's another <laughs> podcast episode, too. Is, okay, these groups were 
finding some way to create chemistry, mm-hmm. to create that, that thing that just happens with people that you're like, I like these people. Right. I want to come back to these people. Right. So going to a group didn't feel like a task that they were trying to complete. They were looking they were... forward to it. Good. Awesome. And it, it reminds me of that quote that people don't really remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. Nice. And there was something, some of these groups hadn't met for years when we surveyed them and they said, I remember how that group made me feel, mm-hmm. that it was fun. Yeah. And it, I've been thinking about this idea of what does fun really mean? Well, okay, as a group, group really is a group of people that have something in common. Sure. So PTA or HOA, your, whatever your you know, political sports party, fans. Or sports fan, you have something in common. Yeah. And having fun just gives you a common memory. Mm-hmm. It, in fact, you might think about it this way. Fun actually opens you up emotionally. That's when true. you're laughing, when you're doing something enjoyable, you trust those people more. Absolutely. This is part of a little bit of an insider secret tip is this is why churches try to get you laughing or open up early on. I love that. In a church service is because when you're open emotionally, you're more likely to be open intellectually. Mm -hmm. So you're more likely to be able to be real, think critically, engage. Yeah. So fun isn't necessarily particularly an end, but it's a means to an end. That's right. Um, I'm very type A, as you know, mm-hmm. and when we co-lead groups, uh, I look for co-leaders who are more fun than me, which isn't that hard. Um, <laughs> and, and so what we'll do is we'll take turns leading studies, and more often than not, it'll get to our co-leader's turn to lead, and they'll do some fun icebreaker that now three, four, five, eight years removed. I remember the icebreaker that we did yeah. more than I remember any of my great lessons yeah. that I... And doing an icebreaker that's fun gives you a way to include fun into every group session. It can. Yeah. Yeah. So finding a way to marry your group meetings with having fun is a possibility. It's not yep. like it's a separate event that has to happen. I'm not real good at that, but I like finding people in the group, and almost every group has one. Yeah. The extrovert, the person who loves putting together a different ways to do snacks or appetizers, mm-hmm. different ways to do the icebreaker, yeah. You know, a fun question at the beginning of the night. So if you had to say there are two ways to have fun in group, what would those be? Huh, that's a great question. Um, I think that one of them is connected to our second second tip, which I'll save. All right. But I think that food is essential. Nice. And then find fun questions. One of my favorite questions on a road trip, somebody asked me this. They said, what's the movie that you hate that everybody else loves? Mm. That is such a fun conversation. As What's yours, by the way? Bro? I would probably say Mighty Ducks. Really? Yeah, man. I love it. That's my favorite movie. I've seen it 3,000 No, 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 no. You love it or you hate it? I love it. You love it, but everybody, what's the movie that you hate that everybody else oh, loves? Oh, the movie that I hate that everybody else loves? Mm, I can't name one right now. Okay, mine is Forrest Gump. You hate Forrest Gump? I can't stand Forrest Gump. Are you an American citizen? That's what everybody always asks. <laughs> and you get this great conversation with people as they talk yeah. about the movie they hate everybody else. That tells else me loves. a lot about you that you don't like Forrest it Gump. It does. I don't know that I can trust you anymore. All right, let's go to the second tip. Okay, what is the it's second? It's so connected to the first is the groups that we compared, the second thing that they said that was statistically significant Compared to groups who were healthy and groups that weren't. Compared to groups that came back and people who didn't come back to group. Is they hung out outside a group. Mm, they spent sense. time together outside a group setting. Yeah. So their group meeting wasn't the only time they were together. That's right. They, they were hanging out together outside a group. Maybe it was structured. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was organic. In fact, as leader, I would encourage you, if you structure it now, it'll happen organically later. Yeah, that's very true. So plan a social. Instead of meeting in your living room, go meet at a restaurant somewhere. Go to a Braves game together. Mm-hmm. Like, go to a park and have a lunch together. Yeah. Do something. Go play at the park with your kids. Yeah, just things where people can let their hair down. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily meeting outside to do any particular study. You're nope. just meeting to have fun together outside. So those things are connected. Make a, make a shared memory. And what you'll see is the person who's quiet in group 
is mm-hmm. loud at the restaurant. Oh, nice. The person who who feels insecure about knowing enough about the Bible, they mm-hmm. know a lot about the Braves, and uh-huh. you get to see them just open up in a different way. Yeah. What are some practical things that you've seen groups do outside of group? Well, I would say there's probably somebody in your group who's great at planning an event like that. That's true. So do it. Here's a practical tip there is it's hard enough to get people to show up to group on a Wednesday night Mm -hmm. or whatever. You are never going to find a regular time that people can hang outside a group. Do it anyway. Okay. If it ends up being three of the couples or five of the guys or four of the women, just go do it. Go hang hang out. Yeah. So even if everyone can't show up, you can still meet together. You will never find a time that everybody can show up. That's true. And if, and then you'll never do it. Um, the, the thing that I'm thinking about right now though, Bo, is as the leader of the group, I'm always getting people together. It seems like, to schedule something outside mm-hmm. is another task I have to complete. How do you, I get over that hurdle? Well, we very quickly will appoint somebody who's the scheduler, and you'll find the person who's organized, who can get everybody's calendar stuff together and get them to just put something on the calendar. Yeah. Or we'll take turns. The summer is a great time to do this to say, all right, everybody in our group is responsible for planning a social and inviting everybody. We know we won't be able to come. Um, pick a date on the calendar and plan it. Nice. So as, as the leader, you don't have to carry that burden that's a no. task that you can give some, to somebody else. Nope. And as much leadership as you give away as a leader, the, the better, better it is for your group. That's right. Okay. One other real practical thing that we'll do when I lead, when I used to lead college guys groups, you know, we'd have 15 guys in the room and about once every six weeks, I'd say, all right, everybody find somebody else in the room you haven't connected with mm-hmm. and get on their calendar for some time in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. And they go get coffee or go for a run or whatever, go work out together. Um, in our married groups, we, we meet on this rhythm that we meet two weeks on one week off. And with the exception of Mother's Day or Fourth of July or whatever, that off week is a double date rotation. Okay. And you're just getting time with another couple where you didn't have to prep content and you just get to go see them and you see them in a different environment. You have a shared memory together. Yeah. So meeting outside a group doesn't mean that everyone has to be nope. uh, in attendance or there, but as often as you can do it, meet with other people outside of your group, even if everyone can't be there. That makes Perfect sense. What's the third and last thing we discovered? The third thing, third common denominator of these great groups was that they prayed together. I'm glad we finally got to something spiritual. (laughs) Well, you would hope that every group is praying together, wouldn't you? I would hope so, but I would hope that that prayer time is meaningful. Yep. More important. Me too. You think about this. These are groups that we surveyed that had been together between 2012 and 2015. Mm -hmm. We surveyed them in 2016-17. Yeah. So many of them had been out of group for a year or more. Mm -hmm. But the ones that talked about prayer, prayer must have been a memory. Yeah. It was not just a bookend at the end of a group. Right. It wasn't just at the end of the group where they would go around pointing at everyone, asking them to give a prayer request, and people would make things up or feel like they had to pray for their Aunt Sally's cat, Mr. Puppins. Mr. Puppins. Yeah. I don't Mm. even know who Mr. Puppins is. Poor kitty. Anyway. Well, you know, true confession for me as a leader is more often than not, if I'm not disciplined, all of a sudden it's 9 o'clock and we've been having a discussion and I'm like, oh, we need to pray. Yeah. So I'll just say, let me just quick pray. Yeah. So you can get out and get back to your babysitter or get home or whatever it is because I want to end on time. So the groups that are talking about praying, they're talking about a memory of prayer, like I said. And they're praying with purpose. Sure. They're talking about more than just, hey, my kid has the flu or, mm-hmm. hey, I got to get an oil change. Yeah, they're like, praying about meaningful, significant things in their lives. That's perhaps. Right a job change that they may be going through That's or right. uh, some illness that they may have or maybe a couple's going through infertility or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, they're talking about things that are much deeper than just what happens at the end of a group. That's right. What are some practical things you can do to get people prepared or in a posture or, or get ready to pray? Well, 
there's so much we could say about this mm-hmm. and praying a group is very challenging because people don't feel comfortable praying out loud. Sure. So I think a couple things. One, give people advance warning that you're going to pray. Mm-hmm. In fact, send a text message on Thursday to say, hey, this Sunday group, we want to know the big thing that you're praying about. So they can be thinking, so you're not putting them on the spot. Sure. And then mix it up. Sometimes pray at the beginning of the group. You go around and do a check-in on everybody. What can we pray for you about? You'll find that might take an hour and maybe it should have taken an hour. Right. Um, at the end of the group, if you're going to pray, set an alarm. If your group ends at 9, set an alarm for 845 mm-hmm. so that you make sure you're going to have enough time. And then divide up. Have two couples go over here and two couples go over there. Have you know the men and the women in your group split up. Have If you're in a married group, have the men go to the basement and the ladies stay upstairs. You know, Mix up who's in the room when you're praying. And then follow up. Yeah. Follow up about what people shared. And even if it was something small, you following up about it says, I can trust you with something bigger. I love it. Um, and then as the leader, I just encourage you to go first. Mm-hmm. Is be willing to share something real that's going on with you. You know, you think about moving towards genuine. What's genuine? It's my hopes, my fears, things I'm worried about, the things that aren't going well, mm-hmm. that I'm willing to share some of those things communicates to the group. I trust you. Absolutely. And trust comes from people who can be trusted. Sure. So I'm willing then to trust you with more sure. when you've trusted me with something. One of the things that a group of mine did in the past is we wrote down our prayer requests. Mm. And as God answered them or as they came to a conclusion, we would write write that down, that God had answered that prayer, just to really see movement and progress from God moving in our lives. We think that there is something, there is something spiritual that happens in our group. There is something there is. connective that happens in yep. our group. And by writing those prayer requests down and the answers to those prayers, we got to watch God yep. move in one another's lives which was an amazing thing. Your prayer requests don't always have to be connected to what you just studied. That's you know, you, you finish the study and you're talking about finances. Not everybody's prayer request has to be around finances. It can right. just be what's going on and what's real for you. Sure. So group leaders, you know, Bo and I, we definitely get to work with many of you. And we want to hear what you're doing in your group around prayer, around having fun and around spending time together outside of group. We'd love to hear from you. So you can email either of us. We want to share your stories. We want to hear about how God is moving in your groups. And we love doing this podcast, and we want to hear your feedback. Bo, you have anything else to say? I don't think so. Thanks so much, leaders, for what you're doing. What you do really, really matters. Perfect. Leaders, join us next time as we discuss the one thing we were surprised to discover that keeps people connected to a group long term. Mm. This is Jason Kane. I'm here with Bo Johnson. And when leaders lead well, groups excel. Thanks for listening.